Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. You chose Triple H because I took the one thing from you that was most important. Your career. Is that what you think? I have stayed away and stayed true to my retirement because I am a man of my word. Because I am a man of honor, a man of integrity. I have stayed away and stayed retired out of respect for the system, out of respect for them, and most importantly, and most importantly, I've stayed retired out of respect for you, out of respect, respect for The Undertaker. Is it respect? Or is it fear? What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the A Show. I am your host, Justin Davis, and I have my co-host here, Meals. What's going on, Meals? How you doing? I am not Bill, but I am Meals. Yes, you are back, Meal. Uh, Meals, you got you got your job taken last week. You know what? A lot of people liked it, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were like, you know what? His takes were less problematic. He likes women. Listen, <laughs> I don't know how I completely felt about that. So you know what? But you know what? You're stuck with me. Fuck it. You're stuck with oh, me wow. for at least the next couple of months as we are on the road to the 50th episode of the A-Show. A-Show 50, and we have so many things that we are planning out for a show 50 we just talked about it off air uh but we're you know there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the fans of the show to get interactive with us and we're going to be rolling out those ideas within the now i mean we have to within the next four weeks because it's, it's that time, it's that time. Uh, i want to thank bill handstock last week at sundown motel for joining the show um a rare guest that we have on this show uh but actually you know one of my favorite guests you know yeah and then you also were on after bus tv so look at you man yeah, I was on After Buzz TV, gave a big shout out to RNC. So hopefully a lot of people that, that listen to that or watch that, you can watch that on After Buzz TV uh, YouTube page uh, and actually listen to it on their their, uh, their podcast. I believe they're on iTunes and SoundCloud. But uh, mm. I hope a lot of people that listened to me and, and saw me last week talk about Velveteen Dreams uh, shawl slash suspenders. Of course. Uh, we'll, we'll show up this week and listen to the A-Show. So shout out to, to Bill. Uh, we also have another co-host here today. You heard him just now. Cough. Okay. Migo the dog. Migo the here. dog. Listen, 
I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Listen, I wish I had a, a fellow co-host of my own. What? Well, you know what? You can get one because all he's going to do is just lay on you like this. What? What do you want? You're already. Of course, you have to cough. He's just looking at me like what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, but yes, yeah, so we have a very stacked episode for you this week on RNC Radio and uh, on the A Show, rather. Let's get into it. Uh, no holds barred. This weekend or this past weekend, we finally saw the culmination of months of uh, speculation, rather, and and a lot of talk. Really, we saw the culmination of all in weekend that, that uh, coincided with Starcast last weekend in Chicago. Uh, Mills, were you abreast of any of the festivities? I know you kind of keep out of things, but uh, did you watch All In? Did you see anything that was going on? What did you feel about it? I watched all in i watched all in wow i, I watched it all i watched all <laughs> i watched all in and people were, i'm sure people assumed that i wasn't gonna watch it i fucking watched it i found some time on sunday i said you know what let me curl up with a good all in oh shit this shit is four hours i'm gonna have to scroll through a couple matches <laughs> <laughs> it's just, listen four hours is listen there's only one promotion I'll dedicate four hours to, and I only do that once per month. So turn that up. Um, <laughs> so, but I did watch the. I'd say about eighty-five percent of All In. I was okay. All In. So you watched? Did you watch the three main events? Basically, I did watch the three main events. I okay. watch. Um, what we were talking about? Marty Scurll versus Okada. Okada. Yeah. We were talking about Cody Rhodes versus um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Nick Aldis, Gunner, Nick Aldis, TNA. There we go. <laughs> Um, and then we are also talking about the six man tag between the Bucks and um Kota Ibushi versus Rey Mysterio and Bandito and Phoenix. There you go. All right, there you go. I, I knew it was about to get slippery, just rolled right <laughs> off the tongue. But this is this is that podcast synergy. You just pick up where I fucking <laughs> dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did watch all of it. I thought it, you know what, overall. I thought it was an entertaining show. Um, it it, it had best its show moment. of the year. Best show of the year is what I'm. No, hearing. no, uh, no. Or it's just no. But it had a completely significant moment um, with you know Cody Cody winning the NWA championship, um, similar to that of his father, continuing the legacy and really having earned it at this point of his time in this career. And it, I think if you remember all in for anything and which is a great idea, quite honestly, with the booking of that thing, because usually if, it, if Cody Rhodes didn't win, I don't know if this, you know, this all in would have been as memorable or made as many headlines or had been just be able to recall anything within the next three months. But you know that, you know, Cody Rhodes won the NWA championship. So there's at least that. Yeah, and I mean the match was whatever. I think the match did. It was matter. a huge whatever. It was big. Yeah. Whatever. It was yeah. a lot of overbooking bullshit in it. Um, I that think elbow drop to Brandy, man. Come on, yeah. they're building drama. They're building high drama. <laughs> As sure, Michael Cole would call it. <laughs> I I thought that All In was a a bit of a mixed bag. A bit of a mixed bag. It it delivered on some things. Uh, and didn't deliver on a lot of other things. I think people are giving it... I feel like people are really grading it on a curve. Mm. I think kind of like the big matches that people were really looking forward to, like Kenny versus Penta. I mean, they didn't have story to it, so it was just kind of like an exhibition match. So you're automatically kind of taken out of it right there. It feels like a PWG match, essentially, where it's like you just kind of throw the match out there. But yeah. it didn't It didn't really grab you until like the last five minutes. And then... Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then you have, but you had stuff like the the uh, the Chicago street fight with uh, Janela and Adam and Adam Page, which was great. But then they turn around and they all had they had, they had like penises, penis druids show up. And oh, uh, well, guess Joy what? Ryan. I didn't I didn't see that match. So <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the matches I skipped. And but, you, but you're familiar with the the penis druids of course, thing, of course. The well, the penis druids for me are new, but the, the entire <laughs> penis gimmick. In itself, yes, I am very much aware. But the penis druids—that's a new thing that I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't know if, if wrestling, professional wrestling, is completely ready for that. It, I mean, but was, then the fans of All In apparently were. So I don't know. You know, they loved it and they thought it was awesome. And I was like, if this had happened on any on any other thing, and I think people are kind of covering it up with this is an alternative. 
if this happened on to... if this happened on Impact, it would have been a completely different story. Oh yeah, it would have been. I mean, they killed the kid on Impact, and people wanted, their heads, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and we talked about that last. We talked about that uh, a week ago or two weeks ago. Like it, yeah. it was a problem for them, and and I just feel like All In was. It's a 6.5 show to me. I feel like that was a show that you would have had to have been there and been invested. And right. my investment, my investment to the Bullet Club and the Elite has been, I mean, noticeably absent for the past year and a half. I haven't really liked them that much. I, I felt like the people in the general arena had fun, which is like, OK, I mean, it's a, it, I, at no point during the show. I felt like they were sitting on their hands with anything. Um but maybe during the fatal four way women's match. Um, but I felt just in general, it was a it was a, it was an entertaining show for the for everyone who was invested in it. Me watching the day after, I thought, you know, it was cool. I'm I'm scrolling through a couple of things. I thought the Okada Marty Scurll match was very good. Um despite, very long, very uh, long match. Apparently went over by twelve minutes, which is like to me, it's like how does that happen? To me, I mean, we could just get right into it. To me, how do you not time out your show? Because like Marta School has gone on uh, Sean Mooney's show and said that it, it wasn't him who had to go over oh, no. time. It was another match that went over. Oh, so sure? my thing is that's what he I mean that's what Marty says and, and my sure? thing is he got the longest match. It's not like there was another like a, a couple of these matches aren't touching like twelve minutes. Twelve minutes, yeah, and. Unless, my, my, the, unless the penis thing went a little bit long, you know. I mean, honestly, that might have been too long. And and maybe the, I mean, the coordination, of, like Cody was always going to get 20 minutes for that coordination and that match. Of course. Uh, the women's match was going to get time because it was the only women's match on the show. Of course. The Janela match might have gone over. I feel as though that match didn't need to be that long. But, but, I mean, if, it, it but if it went over some time, it would have, you know what? It is what it is. And Kenny got like 20 minutes. So it's like. The, the number one thing you do when you do these types of shows is like you time them. Out. I'm not going to say I'm a master of it, of but I mean, not. I do know that that's I do know that's like the number one thing. Like there's people that do this for 52 weeks out of the year and, and they know how to time out a show. So you got a you got a main event where, you know, it's the Young Bucks. It's supposed to be like a huge athletic contest. It went 10 minutes mm. and then the show ended right after they got, the, you know, the, the pinfall hit. And you, you're just left with a feeling of like, okay, this is, to me, you know, watching it, it was like, this is a big event. It just ended out of nowhere. Yeah, um, the, 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 the mad rush to the end was pretty hilarious to me. I'll be, I'll be quite honest with you. Oh, you could hear the ref loudly say, go home, go home, go home. <laughs> and they, they, I think they went on for like four minutes after that. Like, they, they essentially really like took it to the absolute last point that they could have taken it to. Uh, yeah, they said they had like one second to spare, I believe they said. Oh, it had to be. He, the man was screaming as they were fading out into the logo. Um, <laughs> but it's, a, you know, it, just things happen. I think this is a learning experience in the first year. Um, you think they're going to have another one of these? I think they like, are. Like granted, if the, if the Bucks leave even? Um, you know, I think... If Cody and the Bucks continue to stay on the independent scene, do I think next year they could have one? One hundred percent. But if they leave, I don't know who else is throwing this thing. If Marty Scroll uh, all in part two. He'll have to nah, be the he, hottest. <laughs> I feel like he. If anyone's like get me my you know developmental deal, it's Marty Scroll. <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like yo, if there's anyone who's just like man, I got logos ready. I got an umbrella for every fucking. You know, take over event. Let's do this. Let's do this. I feel like he's the one who could essentially probably make a halfway decent name in the NXT developmental territory. Quite honestly, he's going straight to two hundred five live. Ooh, immediately, immediately to two hundred five live. Um, but 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 I mean, show the show notwithstanding, or NXT UK or something. I don't know. Yeah, that he he worked there for sure. On the show notwithstanding, how did you feel about uh, what you saw of StarCast? Uh, you saw Tony Schiavone. I'm pretty sure you saw the picture of Tony Schiavone getting a lap dance. So that's really uh, the only thing I saw, and that's all I needed to see at that point. Um, <laughs> to me, you know, I'm not – in terms of actual – you know what? I think you have better opinions on StarCast. I did not keep up with the StarCast thing. We weren't there. Um, not that we needed to be there, but I didn't really feel a sense of like – um, I mean, I mean, I it was tune into it, or I should be invested in it. So I just opted not to. Um, but what, what do mean, you think? 
it was what I, it was what I said it was going to be. And they said it was, you know, super inclusive, uh, all this shit. And it ended up being white dudes with beards and black T-shirts. and That's what I hats. thought. That's essentially it's just like I feel like it was a bunch of white dudes getting whatever, you know, just doing their thing, you know, in professional wrestling terms and just having these really wacky, quirky inside jokes that aren't that funny and all these other things. Yeah. I'm sure... It you was know very what? white. Very yeah, that's white. what I say. If I was a person of color, I may not have, you know, had to share the same experience. But it's a, it's a problem. It's problematic all around. I mean, I mean, because if you can't, if you're not going to invite, I see even these, Migo believes so. Yeah, Migo just he just barked at it. He was, he was fed up. Um, he's barking at a ball that he's, he's playing with, and I'm like, the ball is not going to bark back at you, Migo. What are you What are you doing? Um, but I feel like if if this was a, you know, this was a situation where they did invite like people at Russell rap and shit like that. Like this would have been a cool idea, but it ended up looking, it ended up looking silly in the end. Like the, the panels ended up looking like complete under, under, uh, under attended garbage. And I think that next year they need to get more people, like more women, more Asian women, Hispanic women, African-American women and men and, and podcasts and get them to talk about certain stuff. Like, I think that that is still something that they have overlooked this year and they can do better on. And I think that from what we saw this year, they didn't do a great job on it. I think they can do better, but the question is, can they actually do better? Uh, <laughs> the question to me is, are they, is that even on their radar to the point of doing better? Or is it really just sort of a, sort of a club where it's just like, okay, we have, you know, the Bruce, the Bruce Pritchards and the, and the, and the Tommy, Tony Schiavone's and that sort of, you know, corner of the wrestling world, as opposed to the new breaking sort of voices and journalism and things like that and highlighting those. Is it, does it really just become, okay, we're going to bring Kevin Nash, you know, not to say that he's there, but just an example, we're going to have Kevin Nash there and we're going to have him talk for 60 minutes about the NWO for maybe the 26th time. Or are we going to have like, you know, fresh new faces bringing their own perspective, bringing their own flavor, bringing brand new ideas and sort of do that. I don't know if they have the capacity enough to actually, you know, believe, think that. I don't know if they actually have that sort of, you know, being able to you know, see talent and see new talent and see what they can sort of bring. I think they're fine with what they've got over there and they're going to the work good old with, boys, essentially with what they got over there. And maybe you bring in a Peter Rosenberg or something to just, you know, uh, okay, you know, this is, but he's not going to show up to the event as he said on Twitter, but maybe you have one of those, but essentially, yeah, it's a good old, good old boys club. So maybe we, you know, we come up with our own thing and do our own thing at some point. Um, if y'all are with it, let us know. Hit us up. Let us know at OG Johnny Five at Meals TV. Let, let let's crash. Let's let's crash Starcast. Let's let's think about that. Let's do. Uh, I'm trying to think of a name. Like a just cool set name some shit up outside, right? Just set some shit up yeah. outside and just do. Let's something. do. Let's do what they did. You know what let's I'm saying? Do, let's do what they did. Bring a tank or something and just you know. Hostile takeover, you know what I'm saying? We could bring a, we could bring Popeyes and all that shit. You know? <laughs> let's crash, let's crash the cast, let's crash the cast next year. Um, but that, that's all I had to say about that. Um, moving on to uh, another uh, legendary thing, Batista is a legendary bag fumbler. Okay, uh, just this week he went on a, an interview and said that it is uh, he's unsure on if he will return to play uh, Drax on the uh in the the latest guardians of the galaxy volume three movie which has been indefinitely uh delayed since the firing of the uh director james gunn um he said he's not sure if he wants to work for disney anymore and he is actually kind of moonlighting to return to the wwe uh bad idea i think i, I think that's a terrible idea and i think batista is going to go down in history as probably one of the stupidest motherfuckers in, on, on earth for actually if this actually goes through and they actually fire him I need to look at Dave Batista's IMDb because oh, it is terrible. It is. There's no way if he did not get this film, he would not already be back in the WWE. Yeah. Um, but well, let's see. It looks like he has signed. It says he signed with CAA. What is that? Yeah, he just signed with CAA, Creative Artist Agency. He just changed talent agency. So that's what a lot of people are thinking that that is a, a major reason why he might be leaving Guardians because he's going to have to get some things lined up because that was going to be his year next year. 
I don't think any year is going to be his year. But I mean, you know, that was going to be he was going to be filming it and stuff. That's oh, why. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But uh, Batista, man, I feel like Batista for the last, and not to say that he's a bad guy. I don't, I don't share any dislike for Batista, but I do not share his opinion on this entire thing or how he's going about it. Um, I think for a large number of years, he's been someone who always just liked to sort of do his own thing. He left WWE on his own terms. He, you know, tried to fight Booker T on his own terms. And look at how that turned out. Um, <laughs> he's done a lot of things on his own terms. And I don't know if this is really the hill you want to die on or just to over tweets. Over tweets. I don't know. I don't know if this is the right decision, but this is. It, it, I'll say it's very. It's, it's very in line. It's noble to a it's fault. noble. Yeah, it's noble to a fault. I'll say that. Like I get, it's, I get you riding yeah. for your man's. Right, right, right. One hundred percent. Like Mills, if you said some crazy shit, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, that was some crazy shit that you said back in the day." I'm not rocking mm-hmm. with it. But I'm not. You you would understand if I said I'm not fucking up my bag for it. Chris Pratt is not. Other than that weird little thing they did last month with the uh, that that little uh, take a stand thing that didn't work at all, and Disney still fired the guy. Like other than that, Chris Pratt, Zoe Aldana, all the rest of the, the cast members, they're like, uh, yeah, we're not going to say anything else about it. We want the money. Like I get right. it, Batista. Take the you know, take a stand, but take a stand after the bag has been like he. I, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like he. There's certain things you ride for, and I could see if he was like a, if this was like a big, maybe racial inequality, <laughs> maybe stand up for that. You know, like maybe that's a bigger issue than a 47 year old talking about pedophilia. I don't know. I think so. I'll be honestly, it's a, it's kind of, you know what, Patisa. You know, w- would you want him to come back to the WWE? I don't think there's a role for him. Um, I think they'd find a role for him, but it's just like, it's going to be hard to acclimate to the entire thing. He's going to, they're going to want to bring him in as a face again. He's going to want to be a heel. I don't think he's going to do the full time dates. I think he's going to try to go for the, the Lesnar-esque bag. Um, just because of, I guess his notoriety outside of the WWE and just not being able to, I, I can see it happening in the future. I can see them definitely saying, Oh, we want to like, Maybe let's go with Roman versus Batista because we were trying to do that that one year and it never happened. I could see definitely that going on. Um, but do I see him as a permanent fiction WWE? No, he's like fucking 40. He's like 40, 50 years old. Yeah, he's like 45. He was looking old. I was watching uh, Blade Runner. There's no way he's 45. Let me see. I think he's like 45, bro. He's 49. 49? Damn. He's yeah, you know what he's doing a he's not doing a Batista bomb no more, bro. No, nah, like, you, know you know what? You know why I know he wasn't 45? Because when I found out he was 35, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> remember in like 2003, everyone found out Batista was like almost 40. And like everyone was just shocked. He was like, man, he's j-, and he's just like he's here like hovering around 40. And I'm just like, God damn. But you know, I can see. Him. Old. Hey, hey, listen, don't say that when I'm 35, okay? No, I'm not going to say that. Everyone knows you're going to be 35, man. Come on. I'm just saying, don't, don't, tell, don't, 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 like have that reaction when I turn 35. I, listen, I'm when we turn out, when we're in our 30s, 30s going to be fucking awesome. I mean, you're in your 30s. I, I will, wow. I will get see? there one day. Um, <laughs> Let's move off the age. Let's move to the next, <laughs> the next point of no holds barred. Uh, WWE and Hideo Itami uh, made a visit to pro wrestling Noah last weekend. They, they allowed uh, and a talent kind of like a talent exchange. There was no exchange yet, but um, they let Hideo Itami go back to Noah uh, just originally where he was uh, stationed before he got picked up by the WWE to face Naomichi Marafuji and uh, for his 20th anniversary show uh, in a really, really solid match that I really liked. If you have a chance to uh, find a way to go watch that, I'm pretty sure you people know the way. Um, I really liked the match. I, I oh, thought find that it a way was, to watch this. It was good. I, I think it was cool for two dudes that are kind of circling 40. I believe I, I believe Marafuji might be 40. Uh, I don't have his age right in front of me, but I know Hideo is uh, Hideo's nearing 40. But for two dudes that aren't really where they used to be yet, I thought that they attempted to do a, a, the best kind of pastiche of uh, a match that they probably had a decade ago, or maybe mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Uh, and I thought it came off really well. Uh, they were kicking the absolute shit out of each other. And I know Tommy, he looked happy to be there, honestly. He was able to play his old character. And I, I thought that the crowd really loved him being there. And it was really cool that WWE actually allowed this to happen. They don't do this often. 
Well, they, I mean, they don't, they do it often now, but they don't do something like to this, you know, to this stage very, very often. I like it. I like I, it. I feel like we need it more in professional wrestling. It keeps the business healthy and it keeps it thriving, quite honestly. Um, and, and moves like this from the WWE's part in the talent exchange. And we see like later this month, they're going to allow um, Velveteen Dream to go back to his old fed and, you know, and, 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 and face, uh, you know, face somebody. I forgot who it is. Is he? Oh, my God. It's uh, Darby, Darby Allen. He's facing one night uh, and he is facing. Uh, shit. Who's the last guy? I forgot the last guy. I know Darby Allen's one of them. I know right. Darby Allen's one of them. To me, it continues to help the business thrive and it continues to shed light on different promotions and just different talent, quite honestly. And it helps them sort of come up and, and they have their moments. So I'm completely with it. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, not to say really that no one needs it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, I mean, no, I mean, Noah, it's it's not New Japan, but Noah has their own following, and I think Noah has their own like kind of like aces that they've kind of started to, to develop over the couple uh, over the past couple of years. Right. Um, I think that they should definitely get some of those young guys and bring them over and have like a one off with NXT or you know kind of just do an excursion. I would love for NXT to be a place where people can go to do excursions like they do with CMLL and stuff like that. Like this that's the next logical step of everything uh, as far as, you know, what Triple H foresees the the future of the of the business being. Um but yeah, I, I thought it was a great match. I think if they can if they can exchange one of their own talents from Noah to WWE, that would be a definitely an awesome thing to see and you, i mean it would introduce people like you to noah i feel like quite honestly even before we get a town before we ever get a talent exchange between noah and wwe we're probably going to get like nxt japan like some, oh, some yeah. other part. i mean that's coming <laughs> i mean that's coming is there any question that the, the nxt japan is coming uh, no it's it's without a shadow of a doubt i'm i'm i feel like it's a market still untapped and maybe they want to go for it yeah, for sure. Or the um, last thing, last thing on No Holds Barred, uh, the May Young Classic uh, two starts tonight, or it, it will have started uh, when this when this episode airs. Um, are you excited for the May Young Classic two? Have you read the spoilers? I don't know if you even read the spoilers because. Um. So I found out who's in the finals, so I kind of knows how it shakes down after a while. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, you know, but it's always entertaining. No, I don't know the matchups, but it's always entertaining to see the matchups in itself. Like I'm not gonna. You know, reading the spoilers is one thing where you know the results of what happened, but the journey to actually get there is a completely different other thing. That's an experience in its own right of like entertainment and physicality. Just you know, it, it brings you a mutual respect for the women involved in this entire thing. So to the set, I have read a couple of spoilers. I really just the ending, just like who's going to be in the finals. But you know, other than that, be- I guess. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a great tournament. Uh, the, the, the matchups uh, in the next couple of weeks that are, that are actually starting off are going to be absolutely like kind of crazy. I won't spoil it, but uh, it's, definitely check it out. We'll, we'll definitely be watching it and, and reviewing it. That, that'll be another show that we add, as well as Mix Match Challenge is coming back. Are you ready? Mix Match, baby! <laughs> it's back after a six month hiatus. Well, they, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> that's how usually i mean that's how seasons work so i mean this is going to be season two it's it, they've, they've had a summer off hey, bringing back in the fall. here's what i here's what i here's what i say for this season two i feel like maybe in season three they'll decide to shake things up but literally the exact same thing so soon i don't think it's going to work the same thing as season one well, well you want one bring- didn't work that great to be honest with you but the thing is people are looking at the, the viewership as if that was the only uh if that was the only confirmation that it was a success and i think on facebook side it got people to watch facebook watch at times where no one was watching facebook watch yeah. so that's why it was it was a success to them and if they can get that again and i think they have the the matchups to do it i think you you bring back your most popular matchups uh, i think ms Oscar they they garnered some of the the highest views i want to say interesting considering they're both on different rosters now <laughs> yeah well no no they're on the same they're on the same brand now oscar's on smack Oh, Asuka is on SmackDown. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we got to talk we're, about her, too. We're going to talk about her today. Yeah. Oh, so, my I mean, God. They're, I they're forgot. On the same, they're on the same brand. Uh, they're, on the same, they're on the same side this year. And I, they've broken it up into the Raw side and the SmackDown side, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, so, um, yeah, it, it's cool. I, I mean, you know, the, the, the team everyone's going to watch out for is, is Carmella and R-Truth. I think that's the moment he pins her, that's going to be like everyone's going to pop. 
the decarmelization has started on this episode of SmackDown, which we will get into. I, I oh yes, um, but I knew you were ready for it. But yeah, Mixed I was Match ready. I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, uh, Mixed Match Challenge Two is coming uh, September eighteenth. I want to say uh, it's in two weeks. It's in two weeks. It's coming in. Yes, it's coming on September eighteenth. Yes, um, yeah, September eighteenth. Late night 205s again, which means yep. <laughs> which means fucking guys changing the ropes three times in one night, which means you staying at your tape shows longer than you thought you were, which means, you know, good old fashioned tournament. This is fun. This is literally fun stuff. To me, I think they need to shake it up for season three if we get to season three. I think they can't keep the same format. I think just like a, you know, a reality show they need to sort of change it up and add a different twist to it and i think they actually need to do that with season two quite honestly if they want people to tune in well we'll, uh, we'll see what they do with season two but uh i mean we have two more wrestling shows uh, during the week to watch starting this week so i just want you to get ready for uh, the amount of things we're going to be reviewing boom there you go uh but let's get into our show reviews uh, let's start with monday night raw which to me was raw has reset itself unto itself three times since SummerSlam. Have you noticed this? I feel like... How do I feel? Because uh, like the first big reset was the Shield coming back and Braun yes. turning. Uh, the next big reset was, was kind of like the, the Bella stuff coming coming into it. Uh, and now the, the, the next big reset is the Tag Championships. I feel like it's a... It's a you know what? I don't know if it's much of a reset as to they're finally doing interesting things on Monday Night Raw. Um, and people, people looked at this show as a terrible show, and I thought it was a pretty – I thought it I, flew by to me. If I was in the crowd in Columbus, Ohio, and – They popped got, for everything, Mills. They popped for everything on Monday. If I got to see The Shield, if I got to see Kevin Owens return after be, you know I quit surprise return, if I got to see The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, if I got to see a – championship change hands i'd be like that's a fucking amazing show <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was a i mean to me the three hours flew by i know the the end ring wasn't as strong as usual weeks of raw but the storytelling to me was on point i think yeah, it superseded that in my opinion and if you want to keep it 100 i really and i've said this before i love the addition of baron corbin as the constable i think he is a different type of snarky smarmy heel than has been played by brad maddox because he can actually get into the ring and he actually puts himself in it i think the way that he delivers these promos even though they sound so like delivered off of a script for him they're hilarious the way he delivers them i think just in general the flavor because we've had essentially it's essentially been the authority for on and off for the last four years or so. And then we've had like Mick Foley and Kurt Angle. This is just a breath of fresh air in terms of just like, okay, now we can play with the direction of things. And I think we're finding out that maybe a heel authority figure is maybe the way to go on Monday Night Raw. Right. As a, you know, so it opposes SmackDown a little bit more and things get a little bit more interesting in how the faces come back from things as opposed to Kurt Angle kind of like his brain sort of stroking out and making matches and forgetting he's making them or something like that. But, you know, I think this brings an interesting thing, especially when Kurt Angle comes back and they're sort of, I feel like they're going to make them play with one another and they're both going to be general manager of Raw at some point. But it's a, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good season for Monday Night Raw thus far. Yeah, it's been a pretty good season. I think, uh, I mean, the major thing that happened, and they did it at the top of the show, which I thought was very, very smart. They had the Bellas return against the Riot Squad. Uh, Sans Ruby, who who sat out for this one, it was Sarah Logan and uh, Liv Morgan in a very, uh, it was fine. But I think that, you know, everyone's going to talk about the uh, the Brie botches, which I, I know you you felt very, you were very concerned about Brie. Um, so here's the thing. All right, she has ring rust. I get that 100%. Yeah, My, so let's preface that with she hasn't been in the ring for like three has, years. She has not been in the ring consistently for like, I mean, she was in the ring like over the weekend on like house shows facing the Riot Squad because they got to run through this match before they actually do it. Because once again, ring rust. You haven't been in the ring for quite a long time. Um, the dives, man. Two those, of them. Those dives were scary. Um, and the second one and the to first, me was. The, the first one was like she just got tripped up. 
Yeah, because everyone was saying, like, um, what's her face? It was Sarah Logan's fault. I was like, it was kind of Sarah Logan's fault, but it was also Bree's fault a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second one, I was just like, all right, so you just didn't learn your lesson the first time because you really thought, like, Daniel Bryan has to bounce off the ropes to sail out the rim. What makes you think you can just dive, like, get start halfway in the ring and dive out of the ring and just I think they they had practice this spot and they she knew she was going to do it and you know with wrestling they'll just restart they'll just redo it just redo the spot and and, and reset everything listen um nothing is wrong with a nice respectable baseball slide you know what i'm saying right. it's just like a, a nice little kick to the back maybe you don't get completely out or something like that but you nothing's wrong with it but the dive thing man you you Ate shit on that dive. Yeah, she looked like she like. You, you seen that meme of, of Ralph Wiggum just falling through the window? <laughs> that's what it. That's what it looked like. And, and she got up like, no, I'm okay. I'm tired. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm great. Hey, she she got up and and finished the match. And and I thought it was an okay match. I'm really I'm very very uh, impressed by Liv Morgan as of late. I think she's gone up and somehow Sarah Logan's gone down. It's like they're replaced. It's like they're kind of like trading off on who's doing the worst job but uh Liv Morgan she's really a bright spot she's really been growing to me Liv Morgan, uh, in think, that role I think it's role. because she's been getting so many reps in the ring I mean they if if there's anyone that's consistently been on raw for and then pretty much everyone is consistent on raw unless you're like Mojo Rawley or something um but she's been getting consistent reps in the ring and it's really showing and it's really improving I'm really all in for it quite honestly uh, and uh, speaking of another reset and reboot, how do we forget this one? Uh, Authors of Pain have gotten a refresh. Uh, the new manager is <laughs> bewildering. And, and you know what? I like this, but like they're, you know, you're watching Raw and, you know, next thing, they, you know, they do the coming up next. You're walking to the, you know, the shows the wrestlers walking to the ring. Uh, it's Drake Maverick clad in AOP gear. And I'm t- this is 205 Live general manager Drake Maverick, which is like we're breaking all types of rules if we are breaking any rules at this point. Drake Maverick. Uh, he is now the manager for the Authors of Pain, uh, taking Paul Ehrling's spot and honestly giving these guys a, an opportunity, a, another opportunity to kind of get that magic they had in NXT. And I mean, I'm not mad at it. I know a lot of people were like kind of confused, but I mean, I love that WWE just said, fuck it, let's just do it and didn't explain any of it. You know, I'm, I, I thought that was also very refreshing in terms of them taking that sort of stance and be like, all right, let's just do it. It just makes sense. It's like, it's not like we're going to, we don't have to come up with this long, elaborate story for this one thing. Because like, there is none. There isn't a, there isn't a story there. It's just a guy just said, you know what? I like you guys. I want to join you guys. And sometimes it's just really how life happens. But him yeah, dressing up in the oversized gear is just like, all right. He, I think he should have wore a suit. I, I don't think that gear is right for him. I think that's my only issue with, with that. Uh with that new alignment is that he should not wear the gear. He should just wear his two or five live suits. I think that'd be a better, more Paul Heyman, if you will, ish move to do. Um, they, they did win a squash match. And I think we're off to the races as far as the, the rebrand for Arthur's of pain within the five months. A lot of people said that, or have been saying that they've been wasted on the main roster and et cetera, et cetera. And listen, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that happen between these two guys uh, that were just more than just like travel issues. Like, injuries that have been going on with them since they've even been called up and i think people are forgetting that like when they got injured or they had that that visa problem the first time wwe had to move on and that's just really what happens it's it's next man up and i think that this is the opportunity for them to have some bangers which with the revival who i think i mean after what happened um the tonight will probably turn face yeah that would be weird wouldn't it I mean, they, they kind of have to, if, if you really want to get, I mean, if you see what happened, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, before we get to that, Shawn Michaels made an appearance on the show this Monday to talk about last time ever, you know, that, that statement they love to say mm-hmm. <laughs> on pro, pro wrestling, uh, cut a really good promo with the dead man undertaker who came back, but this didn't feel like a, this didn't feel like a promo to promote the triple H Undertaker match. This felt like a promo to set up a program between Shawn Michaels and and uh, the Undertaker eight years later. Um, you know, this was very similar to the last sort of interaction they had in the ring face to face, which was right before, you know, the last you know time the, the the end of an era match that we had at WrestleMania twenty eight, where you know, 
Undertaker talked about retiring Sean and that he didn't have it. And this was and then this was in a sort of similar vein. Well, for, first of all, I like Sean Michaels came out, even though he's like eight years late on the shilling your merchandise thing. You just <laughs> just wear the merchandise and then it sells itself. Um, Undertaker coming out was a surprise, which I loved because no one expected him to be there. To no. my knowledge. Well, um, I mean, people have seen him, but you you were a good guy. You didn't read any of the dirt sheets. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't read it. No, of course not. Um, I don't read dirt sheets, man. I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a real fan of professional wrestling. Like Josh um, Pete says, I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but I did love the promo. I thought, you know, it leaned too hard on diverting the attention away from the tension that's supposed to be between Triple H and The Undertaker. And yeah, that was my problem with it. That like, now is between HBK and The Undertaker. Um, and I just thought in general, like, now you kind of want to see HBK versus The Undertaker. <laughs> and, I, and I think this leads to, I mean, Sean said it in the promo. He's going to be there. And I think this leads to Triple H beating The Undertaker. I don't, and think, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to beat The Undertaker. I think Sean's going to help him. And I think that's going to be your... Royal Rumble or Mania or Greatest Royal Rumble match. I think it's HBK coming out of retirement. He's the only guy that he would do it for. That's the only guy. You have two matches against them and and then have them both ride up into the sunset. I don't see a lot of guys right now that are ready for a Shawn Michaels match other than like maybe AJ who has his own things going on. Or, I mean, Daniel Bryan, who obviously has his own feud going on. And, I'm, I mean, we're all interested in seeing how they're going to um, kind of do this feud and cascade it and then bring it back for Mania. I think that's, what we're, that's where we're at with Bryan right now, and they, they should keep it that way. But it's just going to be really interesting to, to see where this happens in Australia. There, there's a level of intrigue in that match that I have now that I did not have a week, a week ago after that promo. Um, so I don't think Shawn Michaels is going to come back. Uh, and I think... I feel like every year it's the same conversation, and I feel like he's just not—it's just not going to happen at this point. I think he's perfectly fine with the way his career ended and how he's moved on, and it's been a number of years since he's moved on. And I don't think he's—I mean, I know he's around the business a lot now, being you know a producer on NXT, but I don't think he's like really hankering to get back in the ring. I think there's nothing left to prove, even if it's one more match against because one more match against Undertaker turns into two and then, (laughs) and then two turns into another series of matches, especially if HBK actually beats the Undertaker. So I think it's a, I don't think he's going to necessarily come back, but I, I agree. There's a level of intrigue. They're putting it all into this program for, you know, um, the show. And it's just, Guess I mean, we got, we got like six week, weeks. Next yeah. week, we got Triple H and McFoley. Where Triple H, I'm sure, is going to beat the shit out of McFoley again. So, oh, he shouldn't do that. Foley just got a new hip. He can't do that. Foley's probably going to make himself bleed, though. He's going to. <laughs> McFoley is going to say something. McFoley is a very long promo. I don't know if people understand. Yeah. <laughs> he rambles. He's a rambler. He's a. If you listen to any podcast he's been on, the man. It goes on a tangent and builds the tangent off another tangent. But I do think it's going to be a very uh, riveting promo. I'll just he's say gonna, that. He's going to scream a lot. Uh, next up, the tag team titles change hands. Dolph Ziggler and, and uh, Drew McIntyre, the tag team champions, they did, they destroyed their revival backstage, which is why I think they're going to turn face uh, to take their opportunity against the B team. This has been long overdue. I think even just as, as quickly as last week, we said, all right, we're done with the B team shit. Let's get, <laughs> let's get to some other shit. And I mean, we called this, I guess when they first came in, uh, not after mania, their shoe in for the tag titles. Uh, they finally did it. And I think this is leads to, this is possibly going to lead to a, a Rollins Dean versus Dolph drew, uh, program at hell in a cell, which would, I mean, you give the shield all the titles, that's money, baby. I mean, yeah, quite honestly, that, really. that's money. Uh, how, how do you feel about how do you feel about just the decision to flip the uh, flip the titles on the, on these two? And how long do you think they're going to have them? Um, I love it <laughs> because I did not like the B team, quite honestly. But I think uh, how long do I think it's going to have it? I don't know if the I think as long as the shields say they're going to probably have it quite honestly i I Um, think that they're going to have all the titles in on raw and so here's the thing we had a debate this weekend on on twitter about everyone talking about the greatest factions in wwe history and people saying the shield and stuff 
You want to know how much the WWE loves the Shield? They're literally taking the same program from last year and cutting and pasting it to this year. And it works. Different people. (laughs) And they're literally doing the exact, they're literally carrying on with what they're going to do. We're going to have Dean and Seth win the tag team championships. They're going to break up and do their own thing. The only difference is Roman is a champion. That's the only difference. But they're literally cutting and pasting. I mean, Braun Strowman is still in this feud, and he's yeah. still the bad guy. Like, <laughs> like, and it, it, the only difference is it's not Cesaro and Sheamus anymore. It's fucking Drew and, 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 and Dolph. So it's kind of like they're really just cutting it and doing the same thing they're intended to do last year. I'm, you know. We're, we're, we're woke. We know yeah. what's going on. We, we, we know what's going on. We know what's going on, man. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with with them redoing the story. It seems more organic this year than it did yeah, last year. Um, I agree. And unless like shoot in, it's actually more hot. It's it's. I just think Roman with that title just makes everything a lot better, man. I'm just not even gonna lie. Like he got a different a, a different swag with the title. And then I think just the refresh of Dean. I think maybe if Dean was still what he was last year, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have felt as fresh or wouldn't have felt as actual serious as a threat. But I think with this new Dean, and you know, in the year with Roman attempting to recapture whatever magic he had, and Dean out, Seth Rollins has created just magic in his own right yeah. i really think more than last year this is the year where everything is hitting on all cylinders and the stars seem to have aligned for the shield absolutely except, um except at the end of raw <laughs> yeah and, and we're gonna get to right to that uh we had a braun Strowman finn balor main event match that uh closed off raw of course finn balor loses that match because you're just not allowed to beat braun Strowman in any capacity and your name is finn balor uh the, I mean, we're not even talking about the biggest crux of the, of the storylines of, of, of that night. Uh, also, Titus Worldwide broke up. Titus Worldwide broke up. I guess, I guess that happened. Whatever. Um, um, Alexa Bliss learned an arm bar. That, uh, reset. Resets on resets. Meals, you're talking about this ain't a big reset. This is a big reset for that. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Tag team. This feels like this felt like a night after Mania. Yeah, I can almost. see that. Almost. Almost. Except no one got called up, but I can yeah, see Except it. nobody got called up. Um, I... The Shield got arrested in the beginning of the night for inciting a riot and property damage or something like that. On a wrestling show. On Labor Day. They got out of jail. They were arraigned, which means that a judge saw them. Got out. Returned. At 9.30 p.m., a judge saw them. Got out, got back to the arena by, 10, by 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Stole one of the cars, which who knows how they did that. I don't know, but the judge will probably have to see them again after that. Proceeded to get out the cars, and then out of nowhere, Kevin Owens and Drew Gulak started whipping their ass. <laughs> but good for Drew Gulak, man. Come on. MVP of the week. If I have to start a new MVP column, it's Drew Gulak for getting his time on Monday Night Raw. They said clear the locker rooms. I don't think they meant the 205 Live guys, but he came anyway. He was there. Drew, Drew Gulak said, you don't run nothing. <laughs> the he man said, was slapping around Roman. I was like, oh, you know we'll what? Never, we will Gulak. never. You, we, you, you know, what we need to Drew see. Gulak. You know, what we need to see. We need to see the Shield. Remember that time on SmackDown when they showed up and beat up everybody on the on the yeah. roster? They need oh, to go to. They need to go to two hundred five live. And oh no, that seems like, like bullying. That is bullying. And find Drew Gulak and and Jack Gallagher and be like, oh, you thought we forgot about you? Like Blade did on Blade Two. And then, like, proceed to whip Drew Gulak's out. Jack Gallagher was there? No, I mean, like, that, that's who Drew Gulak oh, okay. hangs out with right, on yeah, 205. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's his crew. That's his crew. That's his crew. The whole heel side, and a lot of people are, they have a bunch of questions about this. Okay, number one, Kevin Owens hates the shield. Okay? He hates the shield, and Baron Corbin told him to do it. He I told see- him to do it. I see where they're coming. Well, yes, Baron Corbin likely told them to do it, but I see where they're coming from, you know, helping out a man who literally threw you off a cage a month ago and also, like, destroyed all of your... But who does he hate more? I mean, Roman... I would, I would hate Braun more, but he probably does hate Roman a significant amount. He hates all. Seth a lot because Seth tried to take the universal, uh, universal title from him. He and hates also beat him last week and made him quit, right? Yeah, he hates Dean Ambrose for fucking sure because Dean Ambrose was like they had like a last man standing match. Remember that? Yeah. Like yeah. they they hated each other uh, about two and a half years ago. So it all makes sense. The level of hate is probably threefold to Braun, whatever. 
sure. work with us here. Okay, there is some precedence to why he wouldn't just help out the shield and he wouldn't just not be out there, you know? So they beat the shit out of the shield, threw Seth Rollins into a car. The glass broke and his arms cut bloody. People were giving him finishers on the ramp. Everyone had five finishers. That was Shit. awesome. They was beating their ass, and the show ends with the Shield defeated. I don't know if you can write a more a, a more thoughtful hope segment than the Shield versus the whole roster because that's what we want to see. I mean, you talk about a Shield number one faction WWE history. That ass whooping is coming, and everyone will cheer accordingly. Yes. So I feel like you know it is. We're we're building up to something. We're making the shield special again, which I mean, they're essentially they're already special, yeah. But they're we're making them more special again. And and I think it leaves a, a level of intrigue for the Hell in a Cell match because what if the roster clears out to help Braun win? Then what happens then? And and I I really like the idea that the heels hate the shield because the shield they're I mean they're faces, but they're asshole faces. They're asshole baby faces. They're bullies essentially. Yeah. Love that idea. Love that idea. Um, but that was Raw. Anything else on, on Raw? Nah. Oh, Lita versus Mickey James has happened at Evolution. Great. I mean, you got somebody that's going to take the fall and somebody that needs somebody that they're familiar with to have a match. I don't think that you want to put Lita against Asuka because they're just not familiar with each other. And Asuka will knock her into 2004. Yeah. Yeah, we need that type of problems. Yeah. You don't need that. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, let's move on to SmackDown, which is... A great listen, they really book the shit out of SmackDown every week. They do a great job. It's a great job every week. I don't even mind the people who are not actually featured every week on the show. Like, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura wasn't there this week. I don't Second believe week in a row. what happened? Second week in a row, he wasn't there. Um, I don't believe Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton both got video packages but didn't make appearances. Um because we're we're getting towards this hell in a cell and we're making everything hot, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and we've got really we got three very scorching hot feuds, and that is Charlotte I, versus Becky, and that is the mixed tag match, and that is AJ versus Joe. I I I argue and say that the three top feuds on SmackDown are to me right now bigger than the three the three top feuds on on Raw right now, and even that's even with the Shield. I mean, there's more, there's to me more investment in those three. Yeah, there's way more personal hatred. There's more vitriol. There's more like there's hate between everything that's happened in this match. These these aren't just stories that have been built up over the last like, you know, three weeks where they have Braun Strowman turn one week just to make an end to a means of how they reach the hell in a cell. They're they're just not doing that. These are programs the Miz and Daniel Bryan you're talking about Becky and Charlotte you're talking about Joe and AJ these month these programs have been going on for months and they're finally coming to a head and it's going to be quite honest just awesome yeah and, and first off I mean kudos to whoever wrote the through line of this episode being Brian and Brie versus all the couples um I think that you have Zelina Vega and, and Andrade Almas who I mean began the show and ended the show in a great position here. I think yeah. you put you put Almas against like the two top guys on, on the on the show. And he's and he essentially looks he looks good. I mean, they had another match. Uh Brian and, and Almas had another match this week, and I thought it was better than last week's match. I th- I thought so as well. And I thought just the interaction between everything and how everything you know, it's just really good. Like it's really good. Like the Andrade, the Andrade Brian match is really good. The interaction between Zelina and Bree, and then Zelina coming back at the end of the show is like, nah, fuck that. We're not taking this. And then we just coming back to attack Bree once again, and then you know, getting her comeuppance in that same segment. We got the R Truth and Carmella payoff, which, which was been, tremendous. It's great. Are are they really doing? Are we really turning Carmella face? Well, this is you said the decarmelization. Uh, the decarmelization, man. I knew it was coming. I said once we get the title off of her, I feel like people will grow or appreciate her a little bit more. I I already as soon as and the, the thing is, whoever wrote that the segment, they they had and they did it smartly because it was really subtle. Because Maurice yeah. has no reason to like Carmella. They're both heels, obviously, but they don't have a reason to like each other because Maurice is who she is. Right. She called her Staten Island trash. And of course, Carmella, with her ego, she could easily turn into like tweener face because she's going against someone who the crowd hates more than they hate her. And so 
the the difference between her face run when she initially was called up on SmackDown and just this if this you know imminent face run if she eventually goes that sort of route is now that we have we have like at least two point five years of character built in. We have two point five years we know exactly who she is, we know exactly where she's from, we know exactly what she is about. And now let's take that to the other side and let's build a you know one of a, 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 a new you know likable character off of it she has yeah. the character development that you want to invest in that you need as a face on the roster absolutely and and i think i think you pair with our truth there's really nowhere she could go but a face and that's someone who has cash built up with the fans uh where he won't look like a complete goof by being teamed up with her and she can't really goof him out you know she they'll they'll bounce off each other in a comedy way and i think that that's a that's a more organic uh, combination than her and Ellsworth. I think. Yes. I think. I think there's a lot of ways you can go with those two as a, a really cool mixed tag um, crew. SmackDown brings a very youthful and, and cool type of. Uh, I, I, I want to say feeling to the proceedings here, where it's like you have couples working together, and I know you've always talked about you didn't like how people on wrestling shows they don't talk to the women, and now like the you know you have people on SmackDown who talk to the women, and you know Paige is kind of like. You know, she's a woman GM. She talks to everybody, you know, and and I think that that's just really just one of the strong points of, of SmackDown every single week. But uh, speaking of Asuka, I think I think we spoke about her a little bit earlier, but uh, she returned and she was really, really over. I was very surprised at how over she was when she showed up to help Naomi. I feel like it was like Stone Cold Asuka came back. Like it was everyone was ready for heads to roll and people to be kicked. And like I, generally, I love Asuka. Just love yeah, Oscar, we're we're big Oscar marks, and uh, this this is leading to a match at the Super Showdown event in Melbourne, Australia, where the Iconics will go back to their home country to face uh, Naomi and Oscar. And I think there are two things that are going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So prepare yourself for this first one. Oscar is probably going to take an L. Okay, so just prepare yourself, guys. Like it's going to happen. And two, I think she's going to turn heel. I think just her turning heel in general. You know what? I'm down for it, considering I just feel like she's done everything she has as a face. And and I think Asuka is just like a one-of-a-kind talent where even as a heel, it's work. Like on NXT, she kind of like floated between both, depending on the opponent. And she's made it work thus far. Um, I don't know if it'll be great for Charlotte in this sort of like the world me against the world type of thing where it's just like a lot of things going towards her way. But I think, you know, it'll be, it'll be a nice little experience if Oscar eventually turns heel, but I, I just love her back on SmackDown just in general. I think yeah, they're I doing mean, a lot of great things with the women on SmackDown, quite honestly. And if you think of like what the heel turn did for Nakamura, I mean, Oscar was a perfect kind of cocky, uh, shit face heel on in NXT. And I would love to see that for a longer amount of time because she wasn't really healed that long before she left to go to the main roster. Um, but speaking of heels and faces and alignments, uh, WWE did an about face on Becky and Charlotte this week. I, I think that we have all seen the change in direction that they've had uh, in regards to this program. Now it is basically both sides have a point and, you know, it's up to the fans to decide who they want to cheer for. And resoundingly on Tuesday, they cheered for Becky. I think they should get Charlotte out of this program as soon as possible. <laughs> yes, I, I do. I, I really think if they want to. I, the, quite honestly, the longer this thing goes, the more terrible of a person she looks. And I think quite honestly, I know there's probably a long term feud in store for this. And And you know what? I think there is definitely a way to turn you know, Becky against the people and have the people not want to cheer Becky. If I think that's what they want to do, but I don't think the people will accept that at all. She's, she's completely gone back on the whole fans thing that they did the uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I like, just think it's just, it's interesting where they want to go with it. But I do think that if they, if this is the way they want to go, they might as well just take Becky or just take, move Charlotte away from the feud. If you want to salvage anything moving into the WrestleMania main event. Um, and, and you want to give, you want to give Charlotte something to do. They've, they've already announced that they're going to face each other at Hell in a Cell and at Super Showdown, which I think is like, you should have did that after the Hell in a Cell, but you got to sell tickets to the show. So I get it. But um, I think this is, this gives Charlotte something to do for like three months for sure. Um, I'm, sure. not sh- I'm not sure where they, they slide it into next, but I, I really Probably think a ladder sh- match at TLC or something, which would be cool. And, and I think, I mean, essentially, in the end, you give Becky the belt and you let her run with the belt and you you have uh, 
tweener at the top. You have a heel Oscar at the, you know, there as well. And you have a, you can still keep Charlotte face. Don't turn Charlotte heel. Right. Just make it so, cause I mean, you still want to set up, I'm, if I'm presuming they want to set up the Ronda match next year. So you, you keep Charlotte where she is, but just kind of change the alignments a little bit and give her something else. Cause, but the thing is, I don't think they're going to cheer, uh, her over Oscar either if they decide to do that in the fall. It'll or be interesting winner. to see what they do. It'll yeah, it's really gonna be interesting. But how'd you feel about the promo they did, the the side by side promo? Um, you know what? I thought it was in a good use of time for the amount of time they're doing this. I don't think they want to do too much because God, look at the reaction last week. I don't think that's what they intended to happen. But oh, I think they, they knew. But I think they knew it was going to happen. Like I don't think they're stupid. Like yeah. I think they hear the people, whether they listen to us or not. They hear the people and know how they're going to react. I don't think they're stupid at all. Like no, we're just going to stubbornly like they, they know what's happening out there. Sometimes they just choose to ignore it. Sometimes they choose to accept it. I think with this program, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um. But I think it's generally. It was a it was a it was a good couple minutes. I think you know. Um, Becky's saying "screw you" is a is a soundbite for the ages. It's a, like the "you bitch" was great. The "screw you" is even better. I think "you bitch." <laughs> I think this was great for sound bites for the like promo. Oh, it's great for sound bites <laughs> video promo. I it's think great that- for. What it's it great is. for sound bites for the for the A show as well. I, right. I, I really I really want to use them as, in some in some way. But uh, lastly, on on SmackDown, uh, how are you feeling about this AJ Styles Samoa Joe program? I don't know why AJ just hasn't gotten the gun and killed them. Um, because AJ's an idiot. That's how it kind of feels like. Feels like he's a little bit too late on everything, and he's just kind of you know they got in a little bit of a physical altercation at this point, but it was nothing that. You know, was completely definitive in terms of, you know, Joe still got away, you know, I wouldn't say unscathed, but he, you know, he was able to escape. And AJ Joe got Styles, the mental advantage. Joe got the mental advantage over 100%. And I think that's what they're sort of plotting here. I don't know what they're going to go for, but I think this feud in general is has heated up way more than it did last month, where last month it just kind of seemed like Joe was talking out of his ass for nowhere and now a lot of things seem to have context with as the weeks continue to go by and just the program is better yeah he seemed like contender of the month last month and now it seems like he has an actual shot of actually winning the belt um i and again i really like this better than the nakamura program because it delved into things with aj's family and those are things that nakamura can't hit perfectly because not just the language barrier, but because he just wasn't that type of character and that's not the type of heel he is. Joe is completely with the bullshit and I'm cool. And I, and I really like what they've had him do uh, just fucking with his family and his daughter. I, I personally would have loved for him to show up at the Styles residence and, um, and help his kids with their homework. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was going to happen. Then it didn't happen. I guess they didn't want to film that. Um, it just said, don't come to my fucking house. <laughs> Uh, but I I do like the feud. I do like the feud and where it's going. I'm interested to see how this match goes now, especially considering it's you know it's not the Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, um, it didn't need to be. I, I don't think it's a no DQ yet. match. A new a no DQ match would be would be way more exciting to me. I think we've seen these guys in, in straight wrestling matches a lot, and I think a, a cool DQ, a no DQ match would be would be cool. Um. And that was it for SmackDown. Is there anything else you want to talk about in this week in wrestling meals? Um, not really. Not really. I think we got a lot of back and forth. I mean, it was a list that we didn't make, but I think there's a lot of back and forth regarding that greatest factions ever list that, you know, WWE released you know on their Instagram. Let's do greatest factions next week. Let's do our greatest factions next week. Quite honestly, you know what? We can do that. I don't think they're going to be too. For me, there isn't much change from what there is there. But we can do every. We can do everything though. We could do everything. Oh, like in the biz? Yeah, just in the business. We can do everything, not just, just WWE. Hmm. Not just WWE. You know what? I, I, I like to get the people arguing. I like to get the people arguing. Meals. Listen, they argued. I got a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> we're, the Wyatts, we're the nation of domination we're how come the ministry's not here and i'm just like bro the fucking ministry bro I, I got the ministry bro the ministry the ministry do, you, do people realize the ministry wasn't like really together for that long 
they uh, I taught I learned about the corporate ministry. I'm like, bro, that, they were there for five months, max. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like they weren't there that long. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, I, I got the corporation. Where's the corporation? And I was like, the corporation. It was like at at some point they had you know Big Show, The Rock, and Triple H in them. I was like. Bro, no. <laughs> they, but they weren't like dominant. They were no, nor were they a, 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 a you know a faction that has had any sort of cultural relevance on professional wrestling. They were a faction that was formed of the time. They were an end to a mean, and that mean was Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and, and getting squashed by him at all times. Right. So th- that's essentially what it was. They wanted Austin to fight like fifty guys before he got to the champion or Vince McMahon, and that's essentially what the corporation was, or even the corporate ministry. Quite honestly. Well, you know what? If you want us to do our greatest mm-hmm. factions, let us know. Let hit us know. up. Hit us up on Twitter at RNC Radio Live and at OG Johnny Five and at Meals TV. And next week we'll we can see if we can squeeze that in. Uh, but as far as this week on RNC, we have the Lookout, which just came out uh, this week, featuring my good friend Pafifi talking about the Majin Buu saga with Meals and Jeff. How did you? How was that experience with Pafifi? He was so nervous. That was fun. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't sense nervousness from him. It was just kind of because you just said, yo, bro, let's, let's have this conversation about it. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Like it's a, to me, people doing the lookout becomes more of a, I wouldn't say like therapy, but you kind of get this nerd them off your chest that you would probably never speak about anywhere else at any point of time of your day. Like you would never have a full hour conversation about Dragon Ball and how stupid it was or how smart it was or anything. So that's kind of how I feel. Like I feel like for an hour of your day when you listen to the lookout, you you dive a little bit into your nerd them and then you go back into your normal life and try to figure that out. Um, so we got that this week. We had two belts that was talking about the horniest summer ever. Yeah, uh, we both talk about the horniest summer ever. We talked about that Eminem album. We talked about um, a lot of things just via the summer. So, yeah, check out the new episode of Two Belts this week. Uh, we, all, of course, have the A Show and we have the Perfect Play. And we just announced that uh, oh, RSPN. Shout out to, first of all, shout out to Huey, my guy. Oh, shout out to Huey. Shout out to Huey. Uh, yeah, the Perfect Play. He got engaged. He got engaged. That's yeah. beautiful. Shout out to him, but if he loses this this uh, fantasy football league, he has to call the wedding off. Uh, oh my god, is that the stipulation? Oh, yeah, that, shit. that is per Josh Pease. If you lose, if he loses it, he has to call the wedding off. So that's, that's I love cool. it. It's it's more professional wrestling than Josh Pease would like to probably admit. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it it is. Uh, that's definitely going going down the perfect play this week. He hasn't told me who's on the show. He never tells me until like the day before he asked me to upload it. Uh, but we also have RSPN is coming back. We just we just put out the teaser for that. So our boys, Mark and Jeff, are coming back for yet another season, a full season. Uh, season two of RSPN is coming on the RNC Radio Network. And just stay tuned for everything else. Check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. I think I got them all, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, all, all of those. And uh, we will be back next week with the latest and greatest in pro wrestling. So until next time, I'm Justin for Meals. Peace out. Happy Rusev Day.